Remain standing and let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse uh, number 6. I asked Sister Whistling to bring me a bunch of cards and so maybe next Sunday or Sunday after we'll put a card in the, uh, in the bulletin and, and then you can, you can go and see a doctor and know that she's an apostolic, one God believing, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, full of faith. Amen. And will be a wonderful blessing to you. Now, in your bulletin, normally we do an insert, but this week we just sort of put it in the bulletin uh, itself. In the bulletin, I think I may I may be wrong. I thought was there. I'm looking for. Was there an insert for prayer this week? Huh? Just the a Bible, the Bible study. Okay, there will be next week. Um, and uh, I'm not sure what happened this week. It's out there. Oh, it just wasn't inserted. It's out. Okay, so we'll make sure they put them in the bulletins. But this is what we're going to be praying for as a church. Every week there's going to be a different one. And there's going to be different subjects. And how powerful to know to pick up that piece of paper. And when you get on your knees and you begin to pray, you can say to yourself that there's 500 other people praying for this right now. Isn't that awesome? All things together. Everyone say all things together. All things together. And so be looking at that. Be paying attention to that. Oh, I know what else I wanted to do. Brother Whittingham, would, Sister Whittingham, would y'all just wave your hand? Kind of look over and everybody in that. Wave higher. Get it up there. Move that shoulder a little more, brother. Can you go up higher? Just there. Is it hurting? There you go. Okay. Wave it. And uh, they, they are now our... Uh, prayer pastor or over all of the prayer uh, in the church. Give the Lord praise for that. We're excited about that. They're going to be they're going to be working with you and, and we have others that are going to be working with them, assisting them over different areas. And we're going to make prayer a priority at the sanctuary of the, of the Palm Beaches. Can you say amen? Fasting in fasting in prayer. And uh, in, so in here, you've got the Bible studies, all these things. Okay, this is good stuff. Everybody say good stuff. All right, so we're going to get into the word of the Lord. I believe God has a message for us here today. He's come to speak to someone. He wants to bless you. I hope that if you're here and you've never been buried in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, baptized in his name, we would love to baptize you before you leave today. If you've never been filled with his glorious power, I want to tell you God has an incredible gift for you here today to bless you. I want to talk to us. The Lord, I was praying, I was seeking God. And you know, it's the new year. I'm sorry, I know you're standing, but you're young and strong. You, you know, when they read the Bible in the Old Testament, they stood for five hours. And if you sat down, they'd kill you. I probably wasn't that bad, but, you know, it was difficult. So just a couple of more minutes, a couple more minutes, and I'll let you, we'll read and let you, let you be seated. But I, I was praying, I'm the Lord, it's, you know, it's, we're launching this year, all things together, and I just wanted to kind of continue with my theme, and you wouldn't hear Wednesday night, my Lord, uh, listen to the podcast uh, if you have one, and uh, I think you do, and it'll, it'll be a blessing to you. But the Lord laid just this subject on my heart and God just wants to talk to us in the beginning of this year a little bit today about his love for you 
You know, I think sometimes we need to be reminded just how much Jesus loves us, how much he loves us. And, you know, we examine our own personal lives. It don't take us long to figure out he must really love me a lot because I mess up a lot. Anybody here ever mess up? Probably just pastor, I know. But I'm like, man, he must really love me a lot. Let's look at the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Not for the righteous, for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure. Paul said, for a good man, some would even, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth. Everyone say commendeth. But God commendeth his love toward us. Everyone say us. Say me. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When God wasn't even a thought in our mind, he died for me. And he knew that I would come into this world and for many of the first years of my life, I would cuss his name. I would do evil things. Yet 2,000 years ago, for me, he shed his blood on Calvary. Much more then, verse 9, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If he died for you while you were a sinner, what do you think he's going to do for you now that you're covered in his blood? My Lord, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If while I was wretched, undone, untoward God, evil in my ways, in my thoughts, and in my actions, God reconciled me unto him through the blood of Jesus Christ. How much more now that I have given him my life will he be there for me, love me, Care for me, forgive me, cherish me, protect me. My Lord, have mercy. I've come to tell the devil to shut up. You need to tell the devil to shut up. Come on now. You need to quit letting him torment you. That God don't love you anymore. God has forsaken you. God has left you behind. Oh, no. The Bible says while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. 
how much more now that you're covered by the blood that even though we mess up even though we fail even though everything falls apart the love of God is there for you he is there for me I'm talking to you lukewarmer I'm talking to you backslider I've come to tell you God loves you God is here for you God's come to help you I've come to tell every saint of God he's not going to leave us he's not going to forsake us he is here to the end come on clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise hallelujah 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 praise God tell two or three people around you God loves me don't say God loves you say God loves me God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Woo! But you don't know my thoughts, Pastor. God loves you. But you don't know what I, God loves you. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is in love with you. Lord bless you. Be seated for a few minutes. Whew. I feel his love in this place. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the mighty, mighty, mighty name of the Lord. Romans 5 and 8 said, but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest example of God's love is Calvary. Showing you and I that he was willing to come to this earth in the form of human flesh. Suffer at the hands of men. Let his blood be shed upon the dust of this ground. And through the power of his love, resurrect out of that grave and make a way for you and I to be in his presence. This word here, commendeth, it means to set together or to set up, to arrange. It means to introduce, to exhibit, to stand near, and to constitute. I want to show us for just a few moments here today every level of this meaning of this word. God commendeth his love to us. From the very beginning of time, Revelations 13 and 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. What Lamb? The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I want to tell you that Calvary was not an afterthought with God. 
Calvary did not come into the mind of God after Adam fell, after Noah and the ark, after men miserably turned against God upon this planet. And then God comes up with some idea that says, uh, looks like I'm going to have to go down there and just die for them. No, my friend, an all-knowing God, an all-loving God, an eternal God from beginning to the end. The Bible says before this earth was ever created that God had already made up in his mind that the day would come that he would come to this earth and shed his blood for you and for me. What that tells me, my friend, is that before you were ever born, before you ever did your evil deed, before you grew up and became a drug addict or a whore or lived some immoral lifestyle or just be a murderer or a thief or a liar or a wife beater or a child molester or whatever evil you can think of, before you ever did a single act Jesus was already shedding his blood for you God was already saying I love you I'll die for you I'll give my life for you oh clap your hands to the Lord I've come to try to encourage someone here today. It might be your first visit, your first time here. And you're saying, or the devil's saying to you, I can't be saved. God will never forgive me. I can never be redeemed. I've got good news for you. Before you ever took your first breath, before that doctor ever spanked you on the backside, Jesus already said, his blood for you. He already said, I love you. He already said, come in. He already said, you're welcome. Oh, yes, he did. He already washed your sins away. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Wait a minute, God. You chose us before the foundation. Oh, yes, he did. Listen, God knew every word you'd ever say. He knew every deed you would ever do, but it didn't stop him. From shedding his blood for you. There is no sin. Oh no. You say, but what about the blaspheming of the Holy Ghost? Friend, if you would have blasphemed the Holy Ghost, you probably wouldn't be in this service today seeking, looking, hoping, desiring, wondering. Reaching. Woo! Somebody shout, God loves me. Shout, God loves me. 
But pastor, it seems like I'm in, then I'm out. I say yes, then I say no. I come, then I go. When God going to get tired? I'm here to tell you, God don't get tired. You say, well, that gives me license to go out and do what I want and come back when I won't. No, it doesn't because no man knows whether he has tomorrow or night. Listen, some of us may not even make it home today. God may call us home. No man knoweth what's tomorrow. No man knows that tomorrow will come. And so I say to you today, receive the love of God. Let him bless you. Let him touch you. Let him envelop you. Clap your hands to the Lord. Give him praise. According as he hath chosen us. In him before the foundation of the world. Let me continue. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, and for me, our scripture here today was, For God commendeth his love towards us. The first level of that meaning is to set it up. And I've come to tell us, God set this up a long time ago. And he's been waiting a long time for you to walk through them doors and to feel his power and be touched by his love. He's come to tell you today, I took care of your salvation. I took care of your situation. I took care of your marriage, your children before the foundation of the world I put it all together I planned it all out I've got it worked out for you all you gotta do is come all you've gotta do is respond all you have to do is accept he commendeth his love to us set it up tell your neighbor I have been set up never to fail The second level is he introduces. And I won't, I got to run through this. We'll be here all day. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? We don't have no window shields. Nobody can fall out and break a neck. Like the little boy in the, in the Bible somewhere. Book of Acts. He introduced to us. So he didn't just set it up. From the foundations of the world. But then he began to slowly introduce his plan. God commendeth his love to us. While we were yet sinners. He slowly began to introduce, introduce this 
to humanity. In some ways, we think that this possibly could not be the love of God. And the things that he does, he begins to introduce his love to us. Let me show you how he does it. He kicks Adam out of the garden. What? How is that possibly the love of God? I'm going to tell you how it's the love of God. God was telling me and you, sin cannot dwell in his presence. That's love. If he didn't love me, he just let me keep living like I'm living. He wouldn't interrupt my life. Uh, but he loves me. So he comes in and messes everything up. He takes my fine financial situation and I'm all set financially. And he sinks the stock market just for me. Blows things out just for me. Everything looks great. Everything looks fine. My job is secure, calls the business to go bankrupt just for me because he loves me. When God loves you, he steps into your life and he messes everything up and he lets you know that you can't lean on nobody but him, that he's the only one. Woo! They got out the fig leaves and dressed themselves up. God said, no, I don't think so. You're not going to dress yourself up. I love you too much to let you do that. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to introduce you to my love. God's, God's rejection of Cain's offering was not his wrath or his anger. It was his love. He says to Cain, I will not receive that. There's no blood in that sacrifice. Cain, I know you don't understand this yet, but before the foundations of the world, I was slain on a cross. My blood was shed, and there can be no remission without the shedding of blood. Cain, I love you. Take it back. Bring me a lamb. Shed some blood blood you can't be saved without the blood what is God doing he's introducing his plan sin can't sin can't dwell in my presence and sin cannot be remitted without blood and then he brings a flood and he destroys the world? Yeah. You call that the love of God? Absolutely. God says, I want you to understand something. Sin separates you from me. And that the only way you're going to overcome sin is that if you get into the plan of salvation that I gave the plans for. Nothing out there will work. I remember when I used to evangelize. My Lord, that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I graduated from college in 1984. How long ago is that? Oh, my Lord. And I still look the same. It's amazing. I 
I'm not sure if y'all are laughing like. So, I used to preach, and uh, in one of my little messages, I talked about the Noah's Ark. And I would say, I can just imagine, Brother James, I can just imagine. You're just driving down the street in Noah's day, and you're a nice car. And there's that big billboard, and it says, go to the ark of your choice. Y'all remember those billboards? Go to the church of your choice. Really? They used to be everywhere. It's when the charismatic movement first hit. Go to the church of your choice. Todd preached, go to the ark. Maybe it was just in Lake Charles. But we were all sinners. God knows that. Bunch of, bunch of dope drug dealers. And then I, I didn't only live in Sulphur, which was the suburbs of Lake Charles, which was bad. I lived in Poche Town. Poche Town was the suburbs of Sulphur, which is where all the bad people lived. Go to the church of your choice. Go to the ark of your choice. You better go to, you better go to the ark. But God gave the plans for that. Because when the flood comes, the only one floating is the one God taught you how to build. You're saying, can this possibly be the love of God? Yes. It is God introducing his love to us, saying that until you do it my way, there is no other way that is going to work. But what I'm excited about is God's way is not a hard way. It's just accepting his love, accepting his plan, stepping into the word of God, obeying the word of God, repenting of your sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus, being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, walking in holiness, separated from the world. It is the love of God. Somebody shout, God loves me. Real quick. Then we have Abraham and his sacrifice. The Lord saying, thy son, thy only son. Someone asked me recently, why did God say his only son? Because when, when, when uh, Abraham had Ishmael, because Isaac was the promised child. He was the only son within the promise, within the confines of what God's plan, what God had put together. Everything outside the boundaries of God's plan means nothing. He said, Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom thou lovest. Bring him. I'll show you the place later. He tells him, Mount Moriah, go. Abraham looks at his servants. Child, the lad and I, we shall return. We're going to worship God. We know the story. He ties up Isaac. You know, Isaac was somewhere between 17 and 21 years old. Abraham wasn't the only one obeying God here. It was a young man named Isaac who submitted himself to his father and allowed his father to tie him and put him on a, a pile of rocks and sticks and take a knife in his hand. And Isaac says, I see the fire. I, I see the wood. But where, where's the sacrifice? Son, God's going to provide himself 
a sacrifice. And somehow God wanted you and I to understand that this was not an easy thing. He didn't just get up off his throne one day, conceive and marry and come out in the flesh, arbitrarily walk around on earth for 33 and a half years and say today's the day and die on the cross. I want to tell you Jesus spent time in a garden where he cried out to the Father and he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He showed us through Abraham. It wasn't an easy thing, but because of his love, his love for me, his love for you, I'm telling you today, tell the devil he's a liar. The devil cannot comprehend the love of God for you. He cannot understand the love of God for you, what God did for you. Introducing God's love. And then, and so after he sets it up, and after he introduces, he begins to exhibit. That's the word. He commendeth his love to you and I. John 15 and 13. I'm going to try to bring this to a close as quickly as I can. Greater love hath no man. Now Jesus is on the earth. He's walking around. He's God, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. He's God manifested in the flesh. He's walking amongst men. He's, he's uh, come to teach and show. John 15 and 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man may lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him in him should not perish but have everlasting life what is Jesus doing well he set it up he introduced it to us through the symbolism of all of the patriarchs of past but now he's beginning to exhibit he's beginning to show Matthew 27 and 27 here it is then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and they gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers and they stripped him and they put on him a scarlet robe and when they had planted a crown of thorns upon his head and then a reed in his right hand they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying hail the king of the Jews then they spit upon him they took the reed and they smote him upon the head with it after that they mocked him they took the robe off of him they put his own raiment on him and they led him away to be crucified Luke 23 34 then said Jesus father forgive them for they know not what they do what is he doing exhibiting he is showing the love of God that after everything they did beat him with a cat of nine tails pulled the hair from his face after they put a crown of thorns on his head and the spikes shoved through his ears into the crown of his head blood flowed everywhere after they nailed him to a cross mocked him what did he do? Father. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Excuse me.
scarcely will a man die for a righteous man. Hardly ever will a man die for a good man. But God so loved the world that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And he is exhibiting that love on the cross. He even at one time said, Know you not that I can call 10,000 angels. They will come to my rescue. They will wipe out humanity. And I'll go back to heaven. And I'll just stay there for eternity. But Jesus, being God in the flesh, come to exhibit the love of God to you and I. Says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. John 19, 34, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out blood and water. Oh yes. That's what he did for us. And so I tell you, or I ask you again today, do you think there's anything that he wants to forgive? That there's any skeleton in your closet that God won't forgive you? We walk around every day of our life condemned because there's things in our history that we don't want anybody to know. We hide them deep in our closets. And every day the devil says, one day. going to know your thoughts, your deeds, sin. I'm going to expose you. And every day we walk around with that condemnation. And every day God says, I love you. I've forgiven you. I don't hold that against you anymore. Just, just let that go. Can I give you a word of encouragement? Because this is what I believe. That when you truly give that to God, the Bible says he throws that as far as the east is from the west. Wait a minute. Never to be remembered against you. I believe that as long as we stay submitted to the king, he will not allow the adversary to bring something out of your past that he put under the blood. I believe it. You know how far the east is from the west? Let's assume the earth is the center of the universe. We believed that for 1,500 years, right? 
And hey, listen, since the universe is infinite, right? That means if I stand here, infinite means <clears throat> there's no end that way. That way, that way, anywhere. So <clears throat> if everything continues to go in every direction from me, I must be the center. Right? Okay, so the earth's the center. So how big is this place? It's pretty big. They used to think there was about 200 billion galaxies. Then they discovered that more than likely, it's somewhere it's around 400 billion. Now understand, without doing too much science here, that our sun is about a little over eight minutes away from the earth at the speed of light. Light traveling approximately 186,000 miles per second. The nearest neighboring sun to me and you, to our sun, is Alpha Centauri. It's a, it's a, uh, what do you call those? There's two of them. They kind of go around one another. And uh, that one is three and a half light years away. So that means if you could travel to the sun in eight minutes, Continue the same speed, it would take you three years to get to the nearest neighbor. It'd take you 75,000 years to get to the edge of our galaxy. It would take you 400 million years to get to the nearest galaxy. And there's 200 billion of those. They just found out they just found out that actually the 200 billion galaxies that we're able to kind of look at is just a small speck of what God created. And now they're beginning to realize that there are trillions of our galaxy throughout the universe. And God said, you know that sin that you're letting torment you? I took that thing and I threw it as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered against you again. I want to help you. I want you to take that little skeleton out of your closet. I don't want to know what it is. I can't forgive you. I can't save you. I can't cleanse you. So don't come tell me what your little hidden secret is. The only person that can help you is Jesus Christ. The only person that can help me is the Lord. And sometimes Satan will try to trick you and I and say, well, if you don't confess that to so-and-so, it will never be forgiven. If so-and-so don't know, don't tell him. They probably can't handle it. Bring it to God. Lay it at his feet. And let him cleanse it out of your life. Woo! There's going to be some mad devils around here. All right, music, if you'll come. Don't stand, though. I'm just kind of faking you out with the music. <clears throat> music, if you'll come. I am bringing this to a close. Everybody say, God loves me. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God loves me. 
So not only did he set it up from the foundations of the world, not only did he introduce it to us through the patriarchs so we could see the love of God, not only did he exhibit his love to us on Calvary, but that word commendeth means to stand near or to be with, to be close. Luke 23, 39. One of the male factors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, let's not thou fear God. Seeing that you are in the same condemnation. And then he looks at that male factor and he says, and you and I, we deserve what we're getting. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. When thou comest into thy kingdom. Now this man was being crucified probably because he was a Roman. Who knows what horrible deeds he had done. And Jesus, while they were still screaming, mocking, yelling, and cursing from the ground. He turns to this man. I like this. He says, verily. That means, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. I got something important to say. And that old thief on the cross turns and latches his eyes on the man in the middle. And he says, verily, I say unto Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. It wasn't but a moment later, the Bible says that Jesus gave up the ghost. He died. Soldiers came by to break his legs, but they realized he was already gone. Poked him in the side and blood and water came out. fulfill prophecies concerning him and again to show you and I the plan of salvation can you imagine being that old crooked mean ugly thief and then they come by and he was still living so they took that big stick that log whatever it was and they swung it as hard as they could and they broke the thighs of that thief he snapped his femur. Is that what it is? Is it a femur? Is it a femur and a femur? Or is it a femur up here? So they, they snapped, snapped his legs so that he could no longer push himself up to take a breath. Do you understand the excruciating pain going on right now? 
Because even against those snap, probably compound, fractured thigh bones, he probably still tried to push himself up. Pain. But it wasn't long. His heart couldn't take it. He took its last beat. He drew his last breath. And he opened his eyes. <laughs> Standing in front of him was that man that was in the middle. And he stretched his hand out. Today, you'd be with me in paradise. You talk about the love of God. The love of God. The last part, hurrying alone, I'm finishing. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15, listen to this. The word, the last part of this word means to constitute or to establish, to make, to make permanent. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 15, for this cause, are you listening? Every mind on the Lord, everybody listening to his word. For this cause, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, the Old Testament, the tabernacle, the law. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. The Lord walked on this earth and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you. And I'm going to go away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Other places, he talked about the remission of sins and the redemption of souls and eternal life and paradise. But none of this could happen. It's a New Testament. It's a will. And it could not be enforced until the death of the testator. Verse 17. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Likewise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Matthew 27 and 50 and Jesus when he had cried again with a loud voice yielded up the ghost watch this verse 51 
And the moment he died, the moment he died, the veil in the temple was rent. And God said, whosoever will. It's no longer just the high priest. It's no longer just once a year. He said, are you heavy laden? Take of my yoke. Take of my burden. The veil of the temple was rent in twain. Let's stand. From the top to the bottom. He wanted everybody to know nobody could do this but me. The earth quaked, rocks rent. Wait, he's not done. He's not done. You see, he came to establish his love. And he said while he walked on this earth, you're going to be able to abide with me. And where I go, I'm going to build a place. And there I go, you're going to be able to come. And you're going to be able to be with me. You're going to die, but there's going to be a resurrection, and I'm going to bring you up out of the grave. Look at verse 52. After he rent that veil from top to bottom, verse 52, and the graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared. Romans 5 and 20 more over the law entered in. The offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. For God so loved the world. We love you. We praise you, Father. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
every mind on the Lord right now. I wonder, I wonder if you're here today and you've never completely, truly, all the way given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never been filled with His Spirit. I wonder, I wonder if you would respond to His love right now. I know sometimes it's difficult and it's intimidating, but just step out from where you are. Just, just make your way down. And I need the love of God. I need the love of God. I need God. I need to respond to this. I can feel the Lord calling you. I can feel Him drawing upon hearts and situations in your life you don't know how to handle or what to do with. The Lord has come to you today and He has spoken to you about His love. And he's saying, step out from where you are. Come, come. Listen, this isn't about religion. It's not about joining a church. This is about a relationship between you and him. And he's touching your heart right now. Won't you step out from where you are, ma'am? Sir, come on, mom. Come on, mom. Come on, God's calling you. Come on, step out, step out. Come on, dad. Come on, you need God. We need Him. We need His help. We need His strength. Young man, young lady, come on. Come on, you're, you're trying to figure out what to do with your life. Why don't you come give it to the Lord? Come let the Lord have it. Come give it to Him, Jesus. God, I receive your love into my life. I receive your love into my life. Come on, that's all this is. I receive your love into my life. I need your touch. I need your hand. I need your hand upon me, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Maybe you've been allowing the, the devil to condemn you. God's come to tell you that he has forgiven you of that sin. The Bible says if we repent of our sins, he's just to forgive us of those sins. to impute his righteousness into us all you have to do is ask him be merciful I can feel the love of God in this place. Listen to your pastor now. We have some that are praying here and believe in God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you what the Holy Ghost is dealing with right, right now. I feel this so heavy. Some of us, we have allowed the devil to torment our minds and our hearts. Listen to pastor. God cannot use you the way he wants to use you because you are walking in condemnation. There's things he wants to do. The gifts of the Spirit to flow through you. He wants to speak through you, but every time the Spirit moves on you, you say to yourself, I am not worthy. God cannot use you. He cannot move on you. So the Lord has come here today and he's asking you, please have faith in 
His love for you. Have faith in the power of His blood. Whatever it is, sir, that you did, ma'am, whatever it is that you did, saint of God, whatever it is that you did, that skeleton as we call it, in your closet, I want you to snap its little head off. And I want you to come to this altar. Nobody has to know anything, just you and God. And just lift your hands and just receive his love today. Receive his forgiveness. But what I did, it hurt somebody else. Listen, God will take care of that. Or he'll help you, whatever. But God, he knows how to fix these things. But but he's trying to, he's dealing with you right now. He wants to fix you right now. We've all done things that has hurt other people. We can only survive by his forgiveness and his love. And I feel like sometimes we are crippled spiritually because we don't receive the love of God and the mercy of God into our lives. We're not willing to receive His forgiveness. We're not willing to forgive ourselves. And I just feel like God's calling someone. He wants you to let go of this. He, he wants you to know He loves you and He forgives you. And He's here to work with you. And He wants to flow through you. And He wants to reestablish you. And He wants you to feel His love. And He wants you to be able to give His love to others through you. And so we're going to worship the Lord one more time. And I'm just going to ask the church to come, you know. That way none of us have to feel like we're being spotted or something. Just church, let's just make our way down. I feel like we need to be in the altar today for a little while. Just a few minutes. Let's come down. Let's come down. And if you're one of those the Lord is speaking to, just come down with the rest of the church. And, and if you're in this altar already, let's just begin to pray. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to forgive you of every sin. He wants you to know how much He loves you. He had commended His love to you. While we were yet sinners, He commended His love to us. Will you reach out to him one more time? Will you begin to call upon him? Let's do that, church. Let's do that. Let's receive the love of the Lord.
searching talk for to him, church. Answers. Talk to him. Far and wide. Come on, we got to get condemnation I out of the church. That we're the Lord wants to use us. For answers. Only you Lord, let your blood come down. You know let your love come down. Let your love come down. We let your love come down. Say a word, you're a good, good father. Come on, drag that thing out. It's who you are. Hold it up to God. It's who you are. Jesus, I'm and sorry. I'm Jesus. 